It's the Inside Outside Guys on News Talk 760 WJR with housing information you can trust. Now here's the Inside Guy, Chuck Bridenstein, and the Outside Guy, Ken Calverly. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the weekend and an early edition of the Inside Outside Guys with housing information you can trust on this beautiful fall morning. I know it. It is nice out there. Have you seen some of the moons yes. setting well, in the morning? Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. Well, beautiful. You know, at night, it's just so bright out. So bright out, yeah. It's, I love fall. You know, I, love the, I don't like what's after fall. When you get those clear nights, too. Yes, yes. yes. My wife is uh, at the lake, and she said, the moon rise last night. I bet it was just stunning. I bet it was. And this morning was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. What a gift. What a gift. Yeah, you and I had some fun this week, didn't we? You you tried something new this week, Chuck. I mean I mean at what, eighty six years old, you finally tried to <laughs> finally tried to tried something new in your life. Yeah. I, instead of working outside in the cold and wet, I sat out there. <laughs> Did it rain? You know what? We had missed. Um, okay. We had had a s- snowfall. I went hunting up north, uh, Boardman River. First time in my life I've ever uh, actually a- actively hunted. Uh, no animals were harmed in the experience. <laughs> in the experiment. <laughs> I mean, no animals were harmed. <laughs> Not even scared. Eh? They weren't even. <laughs> they weren't even aware we were there. If they knew it was you with the gun, <clears throat> they would have walked by. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Good group of guys. Uh, just a really neat experience, and I want to do it again. That's now. what hunting camp's about. It's it, the guys it was in the camaraderie, especially you were there with a friend. Uh, how many years? Lifelong friend. I mean, right. as long as I've been alive, he's like a brother to me. And one of his boys is my godson, and the other is, feels like he is. And my son was there, so I mean, it was pretty cool. That sounds like a good time. And I was with my son about what four hundred miles, five hundred miles south of you, in Ohio, hunting deer. Where they actually had deer. Where they actually had big deer. Yeah. Yeah, the pictures you're showing me are unlike, just like Michigan. Wow, <laughs> Disney not, didn't draw deer like you guys see in Ohio. Those be, are gorgeous. People always say to me, "Did you get a buck?" And I go, "No, but I could have shot this one and this one and this one and this one." And I mean, we have deer. I mean, I literally had, I had five bucks, well within bow range this week, but nothing that we you know want to wait for the big ones or mature ones. Okay, so. well, you had five bucks where you you could have easily shot. Yep. What was the smallest? An eight point. Wow, eight point buck, yeah. You got a whole yeah, bunch a of Michigan hunters going, you dog. Yeah, I mean, I mean, between the three of us, we're there three or four days. My son and my buddy are still down there right now. Um, we probably saw fifteen, twenty bucks cool. between us. But we manage this property. We manage this property to grow bucks, um, and and we've been doing it for years, and and it works well. And, and we we take we take some dough. We like to meet, and whatever we shoot, we eat. We like to meet. But you know, I hunt, I've hunted since I was eighteen years old. I'm a Anyone who knows me, I'm a big hunter. And I remember I had property. I had 100 acres. I hunted them out my back door. But I wasn't seeing big bucks. And I'm – what's the dumbest thing on the street? A young a young, a young, get, a young kid. I'm sorry. A young, a young man is the dumbest thing. What's the dumbest <laughs> thing in the woods? A young buck. <laughs> I take no joy shooting those. Um, I'd rather shoot a mature, a, a mature doe, an old mature doe I'd rather shoot. So we go down there and we try to – you know, grow big bucks. We let the small ones pass so they get bigger the next year. Because those ones, you ever seen a real rut? I mean, it's unbelievable trying to fool the nose of an old buck and get him in bull range and or gun range. And if you do that, you, you've really accomplished something. And that's what we go for. This property down here, we, we um, average what's called a Boone and Crockett every other year. So a big, big deer. 
So we just have fun. But more than anything else, Chuck. And those are the rack measurements. Yes, and yes, yes. Um, we just enjoy it. It's all about family. And, and my buddy down there, Steve Makus from Makus Builders, him and his son and me and my son. And we just have a great time. And, uh, it's a love gift. Me. But now listen to this. So Wednesday, I'm sitting in a blind. I'm the only one there. So I'm sitting in a, in a gun blind with my, my bow. And because it's raining out, I'm just minding my own business. And I get stung in the hand by a wasp. In, no, in November what? I was just going to... 17th, 18th? Yeah. I get stung. You got stung in, in the, the hand. hand by a wasp. Mind in my own business. I hope it was worth it to him. No, nah, you did something to anger him. You I were, did nothing. You were invading his space. I did you, nothing. He woke up, sensed me. If he would have left me alone, he'd still be alive. He'd, he'd be alive for springtime. He paid the ultimate he price. Paid the ultimate, like, <laughs> as I'm crushing him into the carpeting of the blind, I'm saying, I hope it was worth it. Into the carpeting of the blind. <laughs> yeah, we have carpeting. You blind. didn't jeopardize the big screen TV or anything. <laughs> but my hand swelled up. And it wasn't, I didn't, it was right at the bottom of my pinky. I didn't think it was that big a deal. Instantly take my pinky to my mouth, try to suck out any poisons, you know, and I'm yelling at the wasp and it's so upset. That's hilarious. But my hand swelled up. Insane. I can't even imagine a, a poisonous spider bite or a, a snake bite if a little wasp made my hand swell up that much. It's a good thing you didn't disturb the whole nest and get about 12 of them. Then the itching. Then the itching kicks in, and that just drives me crazy. <laughs> I mean, 36 hours later, it was still swollen up like crazy, and the itching drives me crazy. Too bad we don't know a pest control information show you can trust. Well, we need a good pest uh, control person on our show. We really do. There you go. We get a lot of requests for it, a lot of requests. And <clears> it's funny because coming in the next few months, we've, we're going to have some new people to introduce to our listeners that yes. you and I are excited about. That's really cool. Today we're going to be on until 1030. Yep. Because of the uh, MSU game. So we get an extra half hour, which you and I are excited about. We're going to be talking to you, the listener, and inviting your phone calls. And we also have a special uh, friend calling just after 9, right? Yes, yes. He's one of our original team partners from many, many, many years ago. Great guy. Makes a lot of our our listeners happy. And he's a consummate professional in the mechanical industry. So You and I have said for years, if you don't have the name of a good plumber on that refrigerator, shame on you the one day you really need him. Yeah, you know, it's funny because Dave from Waterwork Plumbing, who will be, uh, be on with us at 9 o'clock, he'll, he'll explain any issues you have with your house. But in the meantime... Last week, I went to uh, see Jim and Josie. Um, they got a new roof. A veteran, and they got a new roof. And one thing we love about our team partners, and I'm talking almost all of our team partners, they realize how blessed they are, and they give back. And I was talking to someone, we, uh, a meeting this week with everyone at WJR, the, the money this radio station has raised um, for charity is just amazing. It's cool. just amazing. And our little part with helps from people like Kearns Brothers makes it worth it to us. You have housing questions? The Inside Outside guys on WJR have the answers. Here are Ken and Chuck. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being with us on this beautiful Saturday morning. Uh, we're going to be here till 1030 this morning. And for the most part, we're going to be taking your calls at 888-654-GUYS. So did you get any snow while you're up there? A little bit. A little okay. bit. Uh, it, we, we got a couple like half inch falls and then they froze, you know, early morning. Made it cr- nice and crunchy. Yeah. And then they dripped for the next four hours while you sat in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> but, but, you know, we were in a very heavily treed area, low lying land, of course. Uh-huh. 
And it was almost mystically beautiful because a fog then kind of came in. And Did you uh, notice how on a day like that, I noticed that this week because I was down there and it was raining, how orange it looks? No. On a, on a, a wet Is that Buckeye morning. fog? <laughs> it could be. Who knows? No. <laughs> on a no. wet morning when all the leaves are on the ground oh. and those all get wet and a sheen over top, it just looks so orange in the middle of the forest. And if no one's ever done it. To wake up, I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of hunting. And you gave me a compliment last week about, you know, for me, hunting isn't isn't the final act. It just isn't. I mean, of course, I love that's a, the harvesting school. That's yeah, not what but it's I mean, really about. Yeah. I go down. How many times a year do I do I go hunting? Twelve fifty. Fifty. Okay, fifty. Last year I didn't take one. This year I haven't taken one, and I'm still going. My my son, when he was a little boy, he's probably around nine years old. I have two sons. My, my oldest son does everything Dad does. He loves hunting. He loves golf. He's down there right now. Yeah. My second son goes, Dad, why would I want to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, go sit in a tree, freeze my butt off, to hope that a big enough deer walks by, and then hope that I make the right shot? And I'm like, okay. I get it, son. Well stated. Yeah, well stated. I get it. We'll find something else to do together. But you don't get up at 4.30 anyway anymore, do you? Um, no. No, that's one of the conveniences of having um, a house on the property you get to hunt. Yeah, so. what the heck. <laughs> yeah, But it's a cold college. Let's talk housing, eh, buddy? <laughs> we had a, uh, an email that represents a lot of people's dilemma. Okay. They're getting people in for projects, and they didn't do it right. Maybe the contract was bad, the communication's bad, the contractor themselves is bad, and they're dismissing them partway through the project. And then they <laughs> want to find somebody to finish the project. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. And it, you know what? There's nothing like good that person to come out of you that. know that, that when they were older, they hadn't found anyone, they hadn't found anyone. Hadn't, okay, finally, I'll settle on this one. <laughs> and then it doesn't go well. <laughs> Never thought of but associating analogy, okay? love and marriage with hiring a contractor. That's this economy. I mean, we are getting emails oh, like that. Gosh. I heard my brother's sister's uncle's, you know, sister-in-law or brother-in-law from church who started on my bathroom, and I realized I had to fire him, you know, halfway through the job. Or, you know, he, he did. Don't dumb down, especially when you need skilled labor in your house. If someone is thousands of dollars cheaper, there's a reason. There's a reason they're $1,000 cheaper. It should scare you. And you, everyone, if you're not a patient person, then you're not doing very well right now in this economy. No. Because I know right now if, if Chuck called somebody, and Chuck, you know, he's the inside guy. He's a pretty important guy. But yeah. if you, not your wife, but everyone else. But if you called someone right now, you'd expect to wait weeks. weeks. Oh, absolutely. We have a, absolutely. a uh, couch on order that we ordered back in early October that's going to be here this Wednesday. You know, you got to be patient. You just have to be patient. Yeah, you hire the wrong people, it's almost a sure bet you're going to have trouble. And hate to associate it with price, but realistically, that's what a lot of people use as the measuring post because they don't know what other questions to ask. And we had a different email this week that is on the same subject. A lady called and she said, how important, she called, she emailed, I'm sorry, and said, how important is it to be licensed? We have a friend that does uh, kitchens and uh they're not licensed tonight. Very important to be licensed and insured. Well, I said very important to be licensed, but just as important to be insured. And, and more she, important to be good at what you do. She said, I sent all of our people back on, on our Inside Outside Guys kitchen page. Call one of these. She goes, I only found one that's licensed. And I, I, read, I, I wrote back, I apologize. I meant to add this in the first place. The Michigan's Laura website is very confusing. 
I guarantee you every one of those people is licensed. I said when someone comes out to do a job and they give you a contract, the law is that license number has to be on their contract. Or just call someone up and say, are you licensed? And if don't just, you know, they say, okay, thank you. No, have them send you a copy of it. Yeah, and realistically, the law says you've got to carry a pocket card that, in essence, is a duplicate of the license but hanging on the wall. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I did for probably did three too. years, and then I quit. Right. But if you got a license, you're perfectly willing to show it to people Absolutely. and give them a copy. Because you're proud of it. Yes. You're proud of it. I mean, you, you work yes. for that. You study for that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of mine. So... If you hire an unlicensed contractor to do work and they mess it up, you have no um, civil action is your only recourse. Nothing through the state. State nothing will not help state. you whatsoever. And the state, you know, here's the thing I had problem I have about the state, Chuck. It's like let's talk hunting real quick. We were talking about this this week. Last year we had some trespassers come on the property, and they shot one of our deer. We called the DNR. DNR comes out and they they. You know, after they left, they fined each person $300. They shot one of our deer. Do you think we saw any of that money? <laughs> no, no, sir. No, same thing with, same thing Boy, with the state. Why could we get launched on that? And that was one of the issues I had when I was on the board of the construction uh, side uh, on the state because people would be fined ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 because they messed up someone's, you know, it's usually someone who just walks away or does something so egregious, we have to fine them. Homeowner got none of that money. All now, the money goes to the state. We used to see on the builder's license side that if, let's say, um, I had come after you because you put in my basement and did a terrible job, it was cracking, it was leaking, sure. and we went through the licensing board in a, in a hearing there, normally an outcome would be that you had to correct the problem. They would make you come in and correct the problem. Well, that is the law that I have to be. I have to have the first opportunity to correct the problem. But usually, by yeah. the time it gets to state licensing board, there's too much bad blood. And no, we actually it. saw that though. I mean, that, oh, I believe that you was, did. That no, was I, a very common. Yeah. 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 Okay, we'll talk about that. We get back from break, and we're going to take your calls. Eight 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 six five four guys, which equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven. Did you know that a two percent reduction in your water intake, just two percent? can re result in a 20% decrease in both your physical and mental performance. Stay hydrated. That tip came from our water experts, Beauchamp Water Treatment Solutions. Here for you today and every day. This is the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Here are Chuck and Ken. Welcome back, everybody. 888-654-4897 is the phone number. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. We want to remind everybody that uh, 760 WJR celebrates our extraordinary Michigan military first responders, frontline workers, and their families with Christmas on Us. We'll be honoring five special families with gifts, spending cash, and more. Join us in our effort. Nominate a deserving military member, first responder, or frontline member at WJR.com. And you should know that Christmas on Us is sponsored in part by Hungry Howie's, Kearns Brothers, and Treetops Resort. Nice. That is Very cool. nice. That is good stuff. Very cool. Very it cool really stuff. is. 888-654-GUYS, which equals 888-654-4897. We're taking any and all of your housing questions. Let's talk to Steve in Casco, Michigan. Uh, good morning, Steve. You're on with the guys. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, I've got a ranch house, 
uh, and I built an addition about 20 years ago. And where the valleys are, about five feet up from the bottom, they're damp. The shingles, the rest of the roof was dry. It wasn't raining, but it was like the shingles were wet. And I couldn't, I've never seen that before. And we're thinking since the roof was about 20 years old, we were going to replace it with a metal roof. And wonder what your thoughts were on that. Should they tear the shingles off first before the roof goes on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We want to see that. But how far of an overhang do you have on your house? Uh, I believe it's a foot. Okay. Not very much. So where was the water sh- or the moisture showing, Steve? Uh, the, the addition itself is to go straight out the back, and there's a valley on both sides, obviously. It was in the valley itself about a foot on either side of the center of the valley, and starting at the bottom about five feet up. It was damp. Hmm, interesting. Are damp. Have you gone into your attic at all and taken a look at the underside? No, because it's on a crawl space, and the attic is kind of hard to get to on the addition. Okay. That's why I was wondering if we did get a metal roof, if they tore the shingles off, would that identify any problems? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and if they tear the shingles off with a metal roof, they're going to do an ice and water shield or at least a... Um, uh, they're going to do an ice and water. They're going to yeah. do two or three layers, probably. They may do a metal flashing. There you go. Yeah, uh, for strength in the valleys. You know, the valleys, it's funny because, you know, we talk about roofs all the time. Our philosophy is never get a new roof without tearing off the old one. Agreed. Yep. No matter what it is. But in the valleys, that's one of those places. It's a critical thing to do those correctly, and that's where a, a mediocre roofing company isn't even going to understand how to do that properly. Right. Right. And it's so important. That could be a difference maker in a bid, and you're going, why is this one $4,000 more than the other one? And it can be something as simple as they're going to do the valleys right. And, and what I'm concerned about is the water sitting there, Is if there's any um, deterioration to the uh, plywood underneath. That me too, yeah. So what I would do is that when you get concern. your bid. yeah. Oh, and it's a, it's a legitimate concern. So when you get your bids, yeah. find out. Um, how much they charge per sheet of plywood to replace. So if they're going to replace, let's say you got four or five sheets up there, you can just get an idea of what extra it will cost you because they're going to take everything off anyway. They're going to put an underlayment and an ice and water shield up there anyway. So the only extra cost should be maybe a couple sheets of plywood. And some roofing companies will automatically include five or six sheets, you know, to replace. And if you don't replace any, they'll credit you on the contract. So they kind of automatically do that. And then, of course, if, if there's more than that, you're going to have to pay for them. And so you want to know the per-sheet charge. What kind, of, what kind of pitch do you have on that roof? It's 412. It's a standard standard pitch. It was, just, it was odd that I've never seen shingles that were actually damp. You know, I've just never seen that before. No, that's kind of weird, actually. Um, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Are they in reasonable condition? Do they still have a lot of granular surface on them? Uh, I'd say probably they're they're due to be replaced. Probably fifty percent, if I had to guess. It's uh, twenty years old. Okay, uh, like I said, our main thing you're, you're not really going to be able to tell until you take those shingles off and see what's going on underneath right. the plywood. But let's say it's going bad. New plywood, new underlayment, new ice and water shield, you're not going to have an issue after that. If you're thinking new roof anyway, yeah, that's probably metal. the best bet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If I wasn't thinking new roof, I'd probably have an infrared scan done to see what, what yeah. was going on there. But think about the metal, too. They come in such long sheets. If you get a 12-foot sheet where it starts up higher, I mean, there's no way any moisture is going to be. Should be seamless. And, again, the valleys are the critical juncture. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, the critical question, who do you recommend in my area? 
C A S C O. Where's Casco, Michigan? Where bus is that? Uh, basically, ninety four and twenty six mile road area between Chesterfield and Lenox, Richmond. Boy, area. what do we know? Boy, that I am always <laughs> amazed. Where you hear stuff like that, and you go, I've been by there a thousand times, never knew it existed. I remember years ago, I um, lived in Waterford, and someone called me up and said, I'm in Brandon Township. And I'm like, where's Brandon Township? And it was, wasn't far at all. <laughs> I wound up living there after that, but all the different names. Yep. Kanga Ruff is who I'd probably give a call. Bill, Bill Jr. over at Kanga Ruff, and you can find them on our website. And they're in your area. I spoke okay. to them yesterday. They still got time this year if you need help. Very good, gentlemen. I appreciate it very much. You're very welcome. Let, Let us know what that. happens. Yeah, we want to know. Um, we want to know. Let us know what happens with the uh, once they pull it off. You know, get some pictures and when I find out what's going on, yes, I'll definitely get back a hold of you. Thank Thanks, you, Steve. Steve. Appreciate it, buddy. Bye. I got to tell you, Chuck. I've driven in that area my whole life. I've never heard that word. Casco, Michigan. I haven't. It's like I... little townships. I guarantee I've been to intersections. No, dozens, maybe hundreds of times. Me too. <laughs> I'm just, I, I tell people that, you know, they, we got to travel. We're going to fly 4,000 miles to see something new. I said, I'll bet you can drive about 200 miles right here and see something oh, new. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Good point. Good point. Okay, let's talk to uh, Alan in Sterling Heights. Good morning, Alan. You're on with the guys. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing today? Good, sir. How can we help you? Uh, I was just listening earlier uh, about how contractors, and you're talking about Unfortunately, some of them are kind of walking away from jobs and problems and complications. Another thing, just to let you know that I get, I'm a contractor. I get a lot of calls from homeowners, and I ask them about permits. And the contractors have actually asked the homeowners to pull their own permits. Oh, yeah. They're not real and, contractors. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's, they're, they're, they're explaining to them, well, you can save money if you pull your own permit. We could do the job and go a lot quicker. And I'm like, Break the I send, you know, licensed electricians, licensed plumbers in there. You know, I mean, they, they cost more money, but they're doing the licensed job. So those are some of the things that I have. You know, we get a lot of phone calls here at Kopke, and uh, one of the, the primary things that we let customers know is I'd love to go in and redo your job, but once I touch it, I own it. And right, right. There could be a lot, there could be a lot of mishaps in there and it's almost like starting from scratch anyways you are so right we tell people if if you fire a contractor or they walk off the job and then you want to get another contractor in there to finish most contractors are going to say i'm not touching that yeah. I, there's just too many potential issues legal and otherwise there and, and like you said you touch it you own it you know I so mean, think about what those. That. I'm sorry. Think about what those design contractors don't have. They don't have design consultants. You know, they don't have a, a full time staff that's just dedicated to to pulling permits and dealing with cities and dealing with those residential uh, building departments, yeah. like someone like your company does. Great company, by the way. We agree with you a thousand percent. You know, if a, yep. Project managers. I mean, these right. are all there to protect the homeowner. That's right. really what they're there for. I'm, uh, you know, we're four months out before we can start a job just because it takes that long to get cabinets in. Alan, we appreciate your call, buddy. We, we tell people, pack your patience, and, and thank you for reminding us about that permit issue. We'll revisit that when we get back from break, okay? Very much appreciate your call. Stay well. You know, one of the things you and I talk about all the time with regard to windows is that 
if you replace them in a house, should you ever have to worry about replacing them again? And when we get those emails, who should I pick? We go, warranty is everything. A company yeah. that puts a lifetime warranty behind their product knows they have a good product. A product like Window World has. Find professional contractors you can trust at InsideOutsideGuys.com. Now, once again, here are Ken Calverly and Chuck Bridenstine. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you being with us on this sunny morning. Stick around. Sunny Saturday, right? Sunny Saturday. Stick around at the top of the hour. When we get back from break, we're going to have the owner of Waterwork Plumbing on with us, talking about a lot of the issues that our uh, our listeners bring to him. And he's, I mean, he's probably made hundreds of our listeners happy, so happy over the years. I'm sure he's been around forever. You know, it's funny. One of the harder, good contractors for us to find when we first started this was a plumber we knew could handle a lot of people over a fairly large area with right. a wide variety of water issues. Right. And Waterwork Plumbing's just done a bang-up job for yes. our listeners. So yeah. looking forward to that. Yep. He's growing every day, too. Every day. I want to uh, touch back on what Alan said um, a few minutes ago about the uh, permits. And there's only one reason that a contractor would want a homeowner to pull a permit. Either he doesn't have one, or, or he doesn't have a license, or he's trying to shirk responsibility. That's the only two reasons I could think of, Chuck. I guess I would add a third one. I'm so busy that I don't want to dedicate the time to, to chasing permits. Okay. Because it is a t- I agree with you. Because you, men- you mentioned a lot of companies have a person that that's all they do. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. And, and and listeners don't realize that. Buyers don't realize that. that they, it is a huge investment of time in different jurisdictions to try to pursue pulling a permit. So so I've done this, and I haven't done it in years, okay? Probably five or six years since I messed with permits. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and for people who don't know, there are some cities you walk in and go, hey, I want a permit. Okay. There you go. You're good. Bye. But there are some cities you walk in and they go, oh, no, 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 no. We need, to, we need a plot plan. We need... You know, we need to know how far away you are from this angle, and we need your neighbor signatures, and we need your first. We need engineer drawings. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Detroit is one of the toughest cities for to work in when it comes to permits, especially. I made a a policy at my own company that we would not work in historic districts in Detroit because it was just you had to go so many different places to pull permits, and they were ridiculously ridiculous. I mean, the stuff they wanted you to put back. They wanted to be back to the original state. Well, they don't make this stuff anymore. You can't put it back to the original state. And, and tell you what I have found, Chuck. You've got to be a specialist to do historic work. You, you do. But yeah. what I have found is some of the, um, how do I say this nicely, some of the more affluent cities, they're easier to work with. They've historically been easier to work with than more of the less income cities out there. Uh, less income cities make us jump through hoops. Like, for example... They would, one of my people would go in, oh, no, no, we need the owner to come in. Well, there are some owners. Luckily, I was able, but some owners are even in the, in the state, you know. You mean the, the business owner? The business owner. They need them to come in and sign the first con, or sign the first form or whatever. If your name's be. on the license. Yeah. 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 And you know what? There's no reason. If anyone ever says to you, we want you to pull a permit as a homeowner, understand that makes you 100% responsible. That's a that. yellow caution light blinking like crazy. Red. Bright orange. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I agree. All right. Want to make that clear. We thank Alan for bringing that up and uh, reminding us. So we do do shows on this a couple times a year, but we need reminders. And we appreciate it. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. We're on until 1030 with you today. 
And let's talk to Mark in Davison. Good morning, Mark. You're on with the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I have two questions. The first is just what's the normal protocol for a contract? I had a contractor do something recently, and the bid or the bid that he gave me, it has all of the, I think it's kind of boilerplate uh, contract language, which was not real meaningful to me. What I was looking for is what specifically is going to be done, and that was kind of vague. And so I called and asked several times, and I was comfortable with what they were going to do, and I went ahead and had them do it, and they, I think they've done a very nice job. Um, and then I got the invoice, and the invoice is similar. You know, here's how much for labor, here's how much for supplies, and I'd rather have that itemized um, more thoroughly so I know specifically what I'm paying for. Is is that the, So that's the first question. Is that unreasonable to expect that? And then the second question is related to this job that they did. I had a, a range vent or range hood um, that's not on an outside wall, vented up through a second floor. We were able to go through the back of a shower that needs to be redone and then up through the roof. Is there any reason um, why I cannot just insulate all the way around that uh, for some noise reduction when that uh, shower gets put back in? Is there any reason why I wouldn't be able to just pack that full of insulation to keep the noise down? The vent? The pipe around around the pipe. Yeah, the, the, no. the vent pipe, correct. No, good idea, actually. It'll vent more efficiently if it is insulated and doesn't lose heat as quickly as the exhaust is going up out of it. Yeah, less condensate in there by, yeah. by doing that. Because it sounds to me that's a, that sounds like a long way to push that air. So you'd probably be doing yourself yeah, a favor it, by doing that and eliminate yeah. the condensation. But you know, as to the other thing, it, if you sign a lump sum contract, in other words, I'm going to, I'm going to deliver you a four-inch thick concrete slab, you know, 20 by 20 for $10,000. And you sign that contract, and then I give you a bill. You have no right at that point to say, what would you pay for the concrete? What would you pay for the rebar? What would you pay for this deal? How much did you pay your guys? You can't do that. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you it's none of your business. It's it's like buying a car and saying, what would you guys pay for the tack welds in the door? And we're not saying you did that. Uh, No. You're not saying you did that, but we just want to make sure people understand that. Yeah. Um, if you have concerns about individual item pricing going into a contract, you can do a time and materials contract with a contractor if they'll do it with you, right. where they literally will show you what they pay everybody and everybody pays for everything. Um, statistically, you're going to pay more for that job because it's a lot more work for the contractor. To, to hit another thing you brought up, a contractor is required by law to give you written specifications of what they are going to do. Not what they're going to pay for stuff, but what they're going to do. And then a price representing, you know, what it's going to cost you to have that work done. So there should be clear, unambiguous specifications. Always. Go ahead, Dave. Mark. Yeah. Which, which there were not, I, but I did get them clarified just by calling. Like, I didn't... I had read things, you know, don't use a flexible vent pipe, use a solid vent pipe, and make sure you put a cold air damper in there. And I asked if all that was going to be done, and he, and he said, yeah, that's that's absolutely the way it has to be done. But, um, and I can see some of that, but I, I guess I'd have to go up in the attic to see did they put that cold air damper in. And I would rather see it in writing that they did that. I agree. A lot of contractors um, will take a short circuit and just put, 
installed per code, they know that the code's going to require them to do those things you just mentioned. You don't know that. So as a buyer, you don't know what the heck you're getting, and the contractor assumes you should because everybody knows it's code. <laughs> Mark, know? was there a permit yeah. pull, pulled on this job? Is, um, I, I was not responsible for that, so I don't know. Well, yeah, you are. <laughs> as a homeowner, I mean, if something went wrong and there wasn't a permit, permit pulled, you would be responsible for it. And the only way, reason I say that is because well, it sounds like with transaction, I wasn't that wasn't discussed that I would do that. Right, right. Well, if he's putting running that pipe through there like that, you know, the inspector may want to. I mean, the inspector is the the fail safe. If he comes in and says it's okay, now understand. It's, if it's not okay and something goes wrong, he's not going to pay for it or anything else. But he's the one with the experience. So that's another reason why people want to make sure they pull permits because then you have a city representative and in their minds, when they come to your house, they should be thinking, if this was my house, would I accept this? And if you get an inspector that really feels that way, then you just got another layer of protection, which is another reason why permits should be pulled. Yep, that makes sense. Well, thank, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the call. Good call. Good call. You know, as homeowners, or Chuck, back in uh, 10 years ago, when, you know, you could call a contractor up and they would be there. They could be there the next week or they could be there the next day. We would tell people, make sure you get everything signed first. Don't be in a hurry. Now we, you've heard us say what a difference a decade makes. Uh-huh. Now you have more time to make sure that stuff is done. Now we want to warn people. I used to have a line I'd tell homeowners because they'd say, well, do you need a permit for this? And I'd say, well, in your city, if you call them and ask them, do I need a permit to change a light bulb, they'd say yes. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. I mean, Mark might say, you know what, I inspected it. I saw it good. He might trust his, his word. And a lot of we're okay with that. But the permit part is the ultimate protection. It's really the most protection a homeowner can get. Yeah, and if it's in an ordinance, then it is legally required, and there are you know ramifications down the road potentially for that. Well, the, the next company we're going to talk about, I guarantee they will not install a furnace or an AC or run that amount of pipe without calling the city, without getting a permit. And here's something about them. All the cities that they work in, they've had relationships. I mean, you go into a building department – 20 times in a year, like a company like Royal Oak Heating and Cooling does, they get to know you. They know you do good work, and they trust you. It's one of the many reasons the Inside Outside guys like Royal Oak Heating and Cooling. Welcome to the Inside Outside guys on News Talk 760 WJR. From the roof to the basement, from the street to the back fence, they've got you covered. Here are Chuck Bridenstein and Ken Calverly. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the second hour and a half of the early edition of the Inside Outside Guys, followed up by Michigan State pregame as they go down and battle the Buckeyes in Columbus, right? It's just hard for me to say go green today, Chuck. I'm sorry. It just is. Who do you want to win that game? Well, you guys are obvious. No, who are you rooting for? Who are you Michigan fans rooting for? Um, It's just so hard to say. It's just so It's hard to come up. Ohio State. You dislike them both. No, I mean, I, I if 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 Michigan wins out and State loses one, you know, I'm, but it's but this is what I love about this time of year. It's all ifs, what if, what if, what if, you know. But that's what it, makes it fun. Actually, I know, it, it does make it fun. Hopefully, it'll be a good game. Yes, I, I, you know what? Hopefully, it'll be a good game, and they 
beat the heck out of each other. <laughs> I wonder if Dave Grayland has an opinion either way. I don't know. I, I, I don't think he does. Let's ask okay. him. Hey, on the line with us right now, we have the, how do you say it, Chuck? Chief cook and bottle washer, right? Yep. Of Waterwork Plumbing, a good friend of the show, Dave Grayland. How you doing, buddy? I am doing pretty good, guys. How are you? Good, good. Hey, do you have a, um, a dog in this fight, uh, green or blue? Does it matter to you? No, I, no, no dog in the fight. You know, uh, so, so I um, uh, would hope Michigan State wins today just because of a you know Michigan team. But yeah, when it comes to both of them, I didn't go to either school, so uh, you know, I'm kind of a fan of both. Uh, um. Gotcha, gotcha. That's kind of how I am. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Now it's kind of an interesting history where a guy like you, as recently as 2006, had a truck, had a craft is an expert, and all of a sudden, here you are, 2021, and you've got a flourishing business. You want to give our listeners a little history of water work, Dave? Absolutely. Uh, so, like you said, 2006, I uh, was working for, uh, you know, a plumbing company. I had been doing it for some time, and uh, um, started working, uh, you know, after work and on the weekends, um, just taking any little odd job I could get. Um, and then, uh, you know, it started to grow. And then in 2010, I, I quit my job and, uh, you know, worked out of my home for a couple of years. Um, and then 2012, bought the, uh, you know, my building here in Ferndale. Um, I think I maybe had um, three or four employees at that time. Um, and then it just really, really took off. Um, and, you know, so now we're, we're, you know, over 20 people working for the team and um, it's, um, you know, it's good to be, you know, talented and whatnot, but sometimes luck plays a lot into, you know, so just um, just kind of had everything kind of go our way, and, and then we back it up with, um, you know, with, with, with good results for, for our clients. So um, no reason why we can't continue to, uh, to continue to grow as long as we have the right, uh, the right people, you know, uh, getting us there. It's all about the right people. Let's go back a little bit further, Dave. What, what got you into this industry? What got David Gray uh, decide one day, I want to be a plumber? Well, I, uh, you know, to be honest, I was maybe just a dumb kid, you know, um, I, uh, got done with high school and, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, didn't want to listen to, you know, what the adults, you know, said I should do in terms of, uh, schooling and, and blah, blah, blah. And, um, so what is the easiest job for a young man to get it, you know, labor. Uh, so I started off doing basement waterproofing, um, and, um, for a while, you know, when you're doing basement waterproofing, sometimes plumbers have to come in and hook up the sump pump or hook the basement waterproofing system into the, the, the drain. And, um, you know, one of the plumbers, I don't know who he was, I just remember an odd conversation, and he just said, why, you know, why are you, why are you working so hard? Why don't you come and why don't you try this out? Um, so just kind of, um, uh, you know, worked with a few different plumbing companies uh, doing uh, you know, some labor-intensive jobs and just got more and more experience um, uh, just so that I could leave that behind and, and do plumbing. So, you know, uh, although I can um, I can help many a client with basement waterproofing, I have a lot of experience in that, um, you know, I don't miss. You know, that that is a very, very hard job to do, you know, carrying buckets of dirt and gravel and cement. And, um, those guys really work downstairs. hard for the money. That, <laughs> there. that is. Digging holes down to the foundation. Um, you know, uh, I was in the best shape of my life, I'll tell you that. But Boy, isn't <laughs> that the like truth? I have a very similar story. Yeah. So just, uh, hey, you can. You want to come help? Sure. <laughs> you know, you guys, you, you talk about uh, carrying dirt and gravel and busting concrete. Um, 
this wet, wet year, we've had a lot of people are looking to places like Waterwork Plumbing to do those backflow preventers. Are you still seeing a lot of that? Yeah, still doing a lot of that. We caught up a, um, quite a bit. There was a, there was a time because as you as you all know, like it just seemed like this year it didn't really rain. It just flooded, you know, and you know it'd be raining, <laughs> but just oh, oh my gosh, amounts of uh, so it you know for a while there we um, just had so many of those coming in. Um, but because um, you know with, with any just normal rain, um, houses uh, drain systems are sometimes they show problems that you don't know really exist. But you know you had a few hundred or thousand gallons to a, a drainage system, it'll start to show um, you know its weaknesses, or you know um, you know part of what's what's going on with the infrastructure in this comp- in, in this country is you know it's older needs you know to be redone in some cases. So a lot of cities are, you know, just not able to handle, um, you know, this stuff. So that's where these well, systems come in. If the cities can handle it, we know Waterwork Plumbing can. And we get back from break, we're going to delve into a lot of the projects that Waterwork Plumbing uh, gets into, which is basically across the board. If it's plumbing, you guys do it. So we're talking with Dave Graylin, the owner of Waterwork Plumbing. If you have any questions, give us a call, 888 888- Six five four guys. You just heard us refer a gentleman who's putting a new roof on over on the east side, right? And the company that we told him he should give a call to is someone. Um, their line is we hop to it, Kanga Roof. You have housing questions? The inside outside guys on WJR have the answers. Here are Ken and Chuck. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being with us. We're going to be on till 10.30 this morning, and we'll be here from 10 to noon tomorrow, right? We will. We have uh, the expert, the plumbing expert, David Graylin from Waterwork Plumbing. Still there, of course, right, Dave? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, we're going to ask you a favor. We're going to ask you to help out Mary from Oxford, who has a question about her plumbing system. Good morning, Mary. You're on with the guys and Dave. Good morning. Thank you very much. I have a question about a moldy smell coming from my kitchen sink drain that's been going on for seven years. I live in an apartment on ground level. When I ask management about it, they say, well, you're not running your dishwasher enough or something else. But I've tried bleach, household cleaner, grinding up lemons in the uh, garbage disposal, which I otherwise don't use, boiling water, bleach, dish soap, I've run the dishwasher. The dishwasher does not smell moldy. I usually don't use the dishwasher. I wash by hand. I have to literally put a disinfecting wipe over the drain and stick a water bottle in it to try to stop that smell from coming out into the whole apartment. Um, Underneath the sink, it doesn't smell moldy. And I'm concerned this could be a problem with the drainage system. The apartments were built in the 1970s. And if you ask me, well, why are you calling now? Because I'm going to be moving out of this apartment, and my son and his fiance are taking it over, and I don't want them to have to deal with it. What do you think? Dave, what are your thoughts there, buddy? Well, I guess, you know, smell calls, when we get those, those are always difficult. Um to diagnose without seeing it and even sometimes when you see it they can be difficult but what comes to mind right away um, is maybe to check the drainage line it'll be a hose pretty much from the dishwasher to I would imagine it ties into the garbage disposal or something like that and when that hose comes from the dishwasher it needs to come up and then loop up and over sometimes I'll find those those lines will be 
um, not, you know, they, they, they'll they'll not have that loop to go up and then they just hold that little bit of um you know uh, of debris in there and then the the smell kind of travels from that hose up into the uh garbage disposal because after the garbage disposal there's a trap um on the uh little u-pipe so that would you know gas generally does not pass through water but from the dishwasher line, if that line is um, is, is not uh, installed correctly, you could get a smell from there. That's number one. Or number two, depending on how the drain is vented, if it's vented up to the ceiling um, and out the roof, that's one thing. But if they are using what's called a air admittance valve, um, that is, um, you know, that allows uh, the line to be vented correctly. But those have a seal on them, and sometimes if the rubber seal that stops the air from coming out yeah, goes bad, it'll allow a smell to come through. That that's an easy fix. That can be um, that can be replaced. So those are the two places I would look first. Makes perfect sense to All us. Right. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Mary. Thanks for the call. Dave, that's what we love about you. That makes perfect sense. It does. As soon as you said that, it's like, ring a bell makes perfect sense. Love it. God bless you. So obviously you guys can take those kinds of uh, calls, those kinds of issues. Uh, How about sump pumps? Man, you got to be running into a ton of questions with those this year. Yeah, sump pumps, um, definitely. So, you know, it's... I wish a lot more people paid it. You know, they paid attention to their sump pump. You know, they know it works, and they don't necessarily go and check them. You know, and I, I think that you know, at least every now and then, you should uh, you know go down and take the lid off and take a look in there. You know, uh, maybe maybe pour a bucket of water down. You know, if it's working all the time and you hear it turn on once a day, great. But you know, if you haven't heard it, you know, turn on lately, um, might be good to check it. Make sure there's no debris in there. You know, at, at my own house um, when we had the the great flood of 2000. 2014, um, there were cat toys in the in the sump pump, um, and it had caught the fl- uh, the float, and the, the float couldn't go up, uh, and thereby you know flooded the basement. So you know I was even guilty of uh, you know just being busy and not taking a look. But so many times I've seen foreign objects uh, get in the way. Um, besides that. Uh, you know, think about if you lose power or, or, or something of that nature. So, um, a lot of people are investing in backup sump pumps, and they make them a couple of different ways. One is water-powered. So if you lose power, you know, your, your, your own water system in your house will take over and run the system. Or you can get them with a uh, battery. It's a, you know, decent-sized marine battery that will also run your backup pump. Um, and, those, and the floats on the backup pumps are set above so that um, if the, uh, your primary pump has not turned on, it will automatically come on. And, and, you know, save the day until you can get uh, some help with that primary pump. Is there a difference in quality in that type of product? Because you see broad, broad price, price ranges, I'm sorry, in specifications for them. They, there are good uh, systems on both. Um, you know, I personally like the water-powered uh, myself because I, I, I'm of the opinion that it, you know, it's going to take a major uh, incident for you to lose water power. Um, uh, but uh, I've seen some of these battery systems that we've been putting in. Some people like the battery because there's a lot less work to put in the battery system. Sure. Um, and the latest ones I've been putting in um, are, are pretty good. Um, you know, uh, Zoller um, uh, out of Kentucky makes a really nice um, product uh, that you can either buy as a combo system that will come with a primary and the backup, or if your primary is in good shape, you can buy the backup system only. So, um, 
but you know a, a battery is only going to run so long. So if you're without power for extended periods of time, you know eventually that battery battery you know may be an issue. But um, you know most times you're within you're you're getting your power back within a day or you know a couple of days. But but if Excellent. I had a choice, I would go with water myself personally. Excellent, Dave. We're coming up. I mean. A lot of times this time of year, we already have snow on the ground. We've been dealing with some major freezing temperatures. Is there any advice you have for any of the homeowners out there before the freezing temperatures hit that they should take care of? Yeah, I would say number one is, you know, we're not using our our hoses and and whatnot, um, you know, for watering the lawn. So uh, disconnect those um, off of the spigot. Um, outside, um, you can even go as far as you know going in your basement. You should have a shutoff valve that would uh, isolate uh, the different spigots in the house to um, make sure those are all off. Um, if you have a uh, irrigation system, you want that water off, and you know that that's all been blown out and um, you know and and, and winterized um, because we we just had um, we've had a. You know, it's just your average fall so far, but we, we've we already had a few uh, frozen, broken pipes that came in, I believe, a oh. week or 10 days ago. So it's, you know, we're not even at freezing time, and, you know, we're already dealing with that. So Wow, look that's at. good to know. I would not have thought. That's amazing to hear. And, and on that same note, Dave, a lot of these um, water pressure alarm systems, are you installing those? What's your opinion on those? So let's say, well, I'll tell you what, if you don't mind hanging on a minute, we'll answer when we get back from break if you got a couple of extra seconds do you do you days yeah absolutely yeah we want to talk about because we have a lot of people who are heading to florida and they want to know what they can do to make sure they don't have any issues when they leave for florida so we're talking to dave grayland from waterwork plumbing we'll finish this conversation when we get back from break you know you talk about people going into winter and being concerned about their houses your exterior concrete serves you really well until it starts to break up and look terrible and get ugly but you and i have a solution well normally you can't touch this kind of stuff in the wintertime yeah. Chuck, because it's you know you're working with concrete not motor city floors motor city floors and coatings they can turn your ugly concrete into beautiful concrete 12 months a year with some discounts in the cold weather months so give motor city floors and coatings a call today here for you today and every day this is the inside outside guys on wjr here are Chuck and Ken. And Dave Grayland from Waterwork Plumbing. Dave, thanks for hanging on with us over the, the second break. We really appreciate it. I know you're busy. You got you probably haven't got enough hours in the day for all your people, do you? No, yeah, if I could just uh you know, that's the one thing I can't create more more time, you know. So <laughs> Well you know, Dave, to be honest with you, so many people are afraid to call plumbers or electricians and, and we just want to we want them to see the, the, the top of the food chain here at, at Waterwork Plumbing and get to know who you are as a person because when people get to know who you are, they trust you. And people know the inside outside guys and our team partners are all about trust. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate how well you've taken care of our listeners over these many years. Just want to let you know that. Um, but I really appreciate that. That's, um, you guys have been uh, you guys have been great, and um, uh, and, and that's something that we uh, are proud of. That we we know uh, we know our clients, um, you know, on a personal level. But then you know we're also large enough that we can handle just about anything. But uh, um, we haven't lost that personal touch that comes sometimes when companies get a little bigger. Um, it's something we we really pride ourselves on. That comes across when we hear you talk. Is there any plumbing issue in a house that somebody has that waterwork plumbing cannot handle? Ah, uh, cannot handle. So we don't really, um, you know, 
when it comes to say boilers, um, you know, uh, systems like that, we can help to a point. Uh, there's water that goes to a boiler. There's um, backflow prevention we can help with. But after you get into that, that gets a little dicey. And um, although we have a lot of experience with uh, sewer excavation and whatnot, uh, once it goes past the sidewalk, you're dealing with the street, uh, cutting the street open or the green belt open. Um, do we have the knowledge to do it? Sure, but um, you know there are companies that specialize in that, and uh, we generally will refer them out because they, you know, it's it's the tools. If you have the right tools, you can do it more efficiently. Um, and so we, we try to uh, not really get involved in those too much. And we respect that. I mean, there's an old uh, saying out there in the trades, if you don't use a tool at least 30% of the time, then you run it. If you don't use it 15% of the time, then you sub it out. I mean, because I, I, I like that a lot. I really do. Before we went to break, um, we have a lot of people, Dave, that are going to be heading to winter. A lot of snowbirds are going to be heading to, I'm sorry, to Florida for the winter. And they've got um, a lot of new technology out there. One is the alarm that uh, literally attaches to your plumbing system. So if there's a link or if the leak, they get a, a text. Do you offer those services? Do you have any advice for people that might be starting to shut down their house to get ready to head south? Sure. Sure. So, um, you know, I was just looking at our schedule next week. Um, we already have some uh, winterizations um, coming. So, um, you know, we essentially um, – uh, we prefer that the customer, if they're going to be gone, you know, for the winter, that they would call the city and have the stop box shut off out front. But um, in, in any case, you know, we shut the water off at the source uh, coming into the house, uh, blow the system out with uh, compressed air, uh, drain everything down, fill everything up with, uh, you know, with, with antifreeze, the toilets and, and the traps and, and whatnot. Um, and, th and that's what we've been doing for years and years. But um, as you brought up, uh, there are more and more systems that um, can be installed on the, on the main water uh, service that will let you know that water, um, you know, that there's something wrong. It Will shut your system off, and uh, they've even gotten it to a point where you know these things are connected to Wi-Fi. It will send you, you know, a text message or an email saying, "Hey, you know, water use detected." So um, we're still fairly within a few years of that, but that is becoming more and more uh, common. Those systems, and I'm sure they're going to do nothing but improve and make it easier for you and homeowners over the years. So, Dave. We just want to say thank you again for coming on today and spending some time with us and letting our listeners get to know you, Waterwork Plumbing. Uh, you've been a team partner here for probably close to 10 years now, and we, and we really appreciate it. We, we look forward to seeing you grow in the future. Absolutely. I, you know, I really appreciate you and your listeners, and um, you know, let's, uh, let's keep growing together. Let's do it. Thanks for all you do for them, Dave. Stay well and have a great Thanksgiving, eh? You too. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Dave. You rock. We want to make sure we tell all of our listeners, you need a plumber, go to the InsideOutsideGuys.com and click on Water Work Plumbing. And the InsideOutsideGuys.com for any of your other needs. We know we've been getting a lot of email from our listeners just asking all sorts of questions from the roof to the basement to street to the back fence. Keep them coming. We'll continue to answer them. And, uh, I mean, only once in a while maybe we we'll get, might get a couple days behind, but we think we do a really good job at, at getting back to these people. Hey, we do the best we can, right? We really do. I love it. Phone lines are open, 100%. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. You got us for the next hour, followed by Michigan State football. I like that. I want to just expand a touch. Actually, we got to talk about our, our article in the paper <laughs> yesterday, too. But on, on the concept of um, guy hands me a bill at the end of the job. What um, kind of a $100 bill? Yeah, $100. <laughs> hands me an invoice. Thank you. 
And, you know, I want to see a breakdown of time and material. Good, you know, he, he knows plumbing. This week, you know, just so people understand that our team partners lean on us as well. This week, um, Bill Jr. from Kangaroo, Bill Burkhart Jr. gave yeah. me a call and said, Ken, I got a, a client that needs a big brick job. Who, who can you recommend to us? Yeah, so, we get a lot of that. Yeah, so we all want to work together. We all, I mean, our goal is to, to bring everyone housing information you can trust from when you when you listen to us to when one of our team partner leaves your door. They are symbiotic relationships. Symbiotic. In which we all mutually benefit. Chuck's word of the day. You used a big one earlier. What was that one? I said, you got to wait to be on the air before you use these words, Chuck, because it's Chuck's big word of the day. I was a little hyped up on caffeine, and I used the word frenetic. Frenetic. And and you yelled at me for it. I yelled at you because you you didn't do it on the air. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Takes a lot to make this. You've had that problem your whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind, never mind. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Our phone lines are open. And let's talk to Brian from Deschler, Ohio. Good morning, Brian. You're on with the guys. Hey, good morning. Good morning, sir. Hello, good morning. Yes, sir. Well, um, I've got uh, some relatively new Anderson windows, and they're wood. And this time of year, it seems like they want to start sweating and they weep and they start to destroy the finish. Is there something wrong with the window, or what can I do with that? Something can wrong I with say house. that the Anderson? <laughs> yeah, sell the house. I I've had great. I love Anderson wood window product. You bought a really high quality window. Their yep. J&E installation and several others we know you know uses those and Pellet. Lincoln. Gosh, there's so many good wood window North Star. Yep. Products out there yep. today. So I was talking to Chuck yeah. a few breaks ago about I had the problem. I have, you know, I live on water. Water's right behind the house. I am. You live adjacent. A lot to of humidity. Water. Okay. Yeah. You, thank you. Houseboats are on water. <laughs> thank you. And I have, I have some big windows in the back of my house, and I had the same issue, and I had it last week as well when the temperature dropped. And first thing I did was what I tell people here to do. I turned my fan up on high, uh, the ceiling fan. We have high ceilings. And then I went over to my thermostat, and I turned my fan on my furnace up high, and it's been high ever since. You put it on run instead of auto. Run, yep, and, and high. And it has uh, it's made probably gone down 20%, I think, was somewhere in the low 40s, high 30s once I did that. So how many people live in your house, Brian? Do you have a lot of house plants? I mean, there's a lot of those things that really contribute to the humidity on the inside of the house that will show up on the exterior windows. No, it's uh, really just my mother. It's my mother's house, and it's on the second floor. Okay, okay. It's just stagnant air, then. Yeah, I'm willing to bet. Move the air. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Remember, okay. warm air carries moisture. So you know, you turn the furnace on. Warm air is going to grab moisture from basements and crawl spaces, and it will migrate to the upper floors. And that's where a lot of times you'll see high humidity pockets manifest. And Ken's advice to circulate air is the is great advice. It's easy, cheap. You've never said that before. Thank Words, you, Chuck. That you're easy and cheap. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I won't go there. Never mind. That's, for, what I that's meant. for another it's day. not what I yeah. meant. <laughs> no, and actually, okay. you're right to be honest because Anderson, you, you have a wood window there, so you don't want this. I mean, it's very important that you get rid of this. No. See, you, if you circulate that air, I mean. And it's a good window. Do you have a humidistat in the house? Do you have one on your no, thermostat? No. Go up to the store, buy a couple of cheap, cheap humidistats, yeah. set, set them in different parts of the house, and watch the numbers fall if you do what we tell you to do. They should fall of the humidity in the house. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. All right. All right. Well, thank Thanks, you Brian. Much. Appreciate it. All right. Stay in touch, Brian. Yep. Thanks, Brian. 
you know, this time of year, hopefully a lot of people listen to that. But even if you don't have the moisture on your windows yet, check the humidity in the house. If the humidity in the house is high, which we're talking over 50%, you want to try to get it down, and we'd like to see it around 40%, ideally, Chuck, 35 that's, 40 That's my thing. It's so funny over the years, you know, when we did all these educa- educational programs on mold and indoor air quality and all stuff, and, and, and you'll see physicians, you know, recommend 50%-ish because of rhinitis and sinitis and, you Right. Know, don't want too dry. Go, geez, don't do that because you and I keep telling people those create pockets. Our, our buildings are not efficient enough with airflow to have 50% in one place without having maybe 70% in another. And you can't trust the humidistat on the wall, okay? If you have one on your thermostat, yeah. you can't trust that because that's five feet up the wall in the middle of a house. It's not, you know, that's why I told... Brian to go buy a few of them and put them around different area of his house. And that's fun to do. If you do that with... with fun? Their, their, Only you would think that was fun. We used to do that in <laughs> classes, you know, when we were teaching energy efficiency, and we would literally take just cheap thermostats yeah. and humidistats, and then we'd, we'd actually use an infrared camera to verify, you know, and we'd set them around and record data. And you put you in one room, like the room you and I are sitting in, If you if you do that in each of the eight corners yep four on the floor four on the ceiling you'd have different readings for temperature and humidity in all eight of those corners absolutely it's amazing and, and speaking of corners we don't want anything in your corners okay we want you to move your dressers out of the corners. you don't want clothes pot, especially exterior corners of the house because if you have that you're more likely to get frost when the frost melts it creates moisture, which creates mold in your house. Just keep a little four-inch gap between the furniture and the wall, you know. I mean, that, obviously that's where stuff accumulates then, and you're going to have to, all the stuff you push off the back of the dresser that you have to pick up. But you're right. It'll help air circulate. Is it fair to say that the the the, seat, the next three or four, three months, four months, are the hardest on Michigan houses inside and outside? Yeah, outside. That's interesting because, yeah, there's a lot of dynamics that are taking place there. Now we're high humidity. And in a flux, and high moisture content, in a flux, and by end of January, we'll probably be very low humidity, and everything's dry. That's when when people will be shocking each other. You go up to shake someone's hand, or I used to take my finger and, like, zap my mom's neck when she was sitting down, because I thought it was good. (laughs) That's when you You have not enough humidity in your house, when you're going to start experiencing that. All right, let's go to the phones and talk to Tony in Tawas. Good morning, Tony. You're on with the guys. Hey, thanks, guys, for taking my call and having a great plumber because I have a plumbing issue, and it's the perfect timing to touch base with you today. Um, okay. I have a place up here, and, you know, most of them are all cabins, and I'm living here full time now. And I did have my uh, inch and a quarter uh, sewer drain from the shower and the kitchen sink going into a dry well, and so I want to eliminate that dry well. And the only big problem I have is the shower uh, runs right in line with the hole to crawl down into the crawl space and so the only way to get that out of there would be a drill a hole in the two by six to get the uh, drain pipe to come over to the next run so i could run it over to the uh, septic tank drain for the uh, bathroom sink there so my question is as far as you know you had a plumber there is it okay to uh in a two by six to drill a hole uh for the inch and a quarter drain pipe to go through there and is that up to code? Is it okay? Or what's my what's your suggestion for that? If you drilled it right in the dead center, 
of the uh, top to bottom dimension, okay. which is should be about five and a half inches of that two by six, then you're not going to okay. risk undermining it. And remember, you are you are boring a circular hole, not cutting a squared notch. Why does that matter? <laughs> Boy, we could go into, we could do an hour lecture on that oh, one. Oh, you're right. Uh, arch is always going to be stronger. Yeah. The circular arch is going to be stronger. Like an inch and a half hole through there and then feed the pipe through and then run it over to the, uh, the cast iron. That's what we would do. Okay. That's what I yes, need to know. Thanks a lot. You made somebody very happy today. <laughs> well, God bless you. Stay in touch with us, would you please? Thanks, buddy. God bless you, too, and have fun at Thanksgiving. And don't watch the Thank Lions you. game. Listen to it. I haven't done that in years. <laughs> oh, good. Right. Thanks, Tony. Dad gave you some, we appreciate it. I gave you some good advice today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. Boy, he did. Thanks, I got to tell you. Thank you, too. On that note, five, ten years ago, you, every friend I had, was crazy about NFL football. We used to talk about when's the last time you watched the NFL game? I can't even think about the last time I watched that. I, I could care less about it. In my house, I have to watch some of them. You're married. Yeah, I forgot that. My wife, if, if, there's a, if there's a competitive sport with a ball in it that's televised, she'll watch it, which I really like. What a woman. I mean, it, it really is cool. She enjoys the heck out of it. She'll get into it. She'll watch it five minutes, and, and she'll know who everybody out there and who she's rooting for. And So from that perspective... It is on in our home, but it's nothing like it used to be. You're I'll right. I yeah. see there. I mean, we, we were nuts about them years ago, and now not even even close. Eight 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 six five four guys equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven. You got another half an hour of the inside coming coming up. The the bonus half hour inside, inside outside, outside guys, guys coming yeah. up. Yeah, you think after all this. I didn't want you to leave yourself out of that. <laughs> You know, you and I are seeing a lot of people that are recognizing the value pursuant to our article in the paper Friday of good lighting in the house, safe lighting in the house, professionally installed lighting. In Can the we house. talk about the article when we get back from break? Sure. Okay. Who are you talking about, buddy? I'm talking about Bratcher Electric. You're laughing and learning with the Inside Outside Guys on News Talk 760 WJR. Here's Inside Guy Chuck Bridenstine. And the outside guy, Ken Calverly. Working overtime with the bonus half hour, I know. What a pleasure. We get an extra half hour here before coverage of the MSU game begins at 1030. We'll be here tomorrow for you from 10 to noon, right? Yes. And yes, meanwhile, yes. we're going to take your calls. Yep. Hey, we had a, a, a message come in on our messenger from Facebook. And it's a, a homeowner. It has numerous chimney repair, or I'm sorry, roof repairs. They've had several contractors out there. They've had several several repairs done, and they still have not got the repairs fixed. And they ask, who can we refer? And believe it or not, it would not be a roofer. Is that fair to say? If you've already had your roof repaired, analyzed and repaired multiple times, and that leak isn't Oh, you said, oh, okay, so there was a leak. Yes, I'm sorry if I didn't make that clear. Yes, so they haven't had it fixed yet. We're going to offer a a thermal imaging company at this point because it's almost like an insurance. It's something you don't want to spend the money on. You know, they come out, and basically when they're done, you get a booklet, and the booklet has pictures on it, and it has diagnoses on it, and they're saying where they believe it's coming from and which is the best way to get you know, to, to attack it. I always think about it from the perspective. You go to the doctor and say, my stomach hurts. And he goes, you know what? 
Give Take me a scalpel. This. I'm going to cut in there, and we're going to start looking for what might be wrong. Right. You'd go, are you out of right. your mind? Or I'm going to give you, we'll try this prescription, and here's all the rest of them we're going to try until we figure out which one works. Yeah. No. No one's going to do no, that. We're going to we're going to test, find where the issue is, then correct it. And this is multiple areas in the home. You can get this in the plumbing system. You can get it in the chimney. You can get it on the roof. You can get it in the basement walls. We just recommended it for a basement leak this morning to a listener. Because Chuck and I know that in a house, it can be leaking in one part of the attic, and literally manifesting itself in a totally different area. Water's coming in at point A, but you don't see it until it gets to point D. Until it runs down a, a truss and then hits a, uh, you know, whatever and moves over two feet from there. And, and all they're seeing, all they're seeing are the, the results or the symptoms on their drywall or on their ceiling in their drywall. Remember, you always want to fix the disease, not just a symptom. Um, let's go to the phones. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Talk to Larry in Northville. Good morning, Larry. You're on with the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Yes, I got a question regarding uh, sump pump between a water backup and a battery backup. Sure. And I'm just kind of wondering which one to go to. Well, being in Northville, you could be on a... Uh, City sewer, you could be on a um, a well. Which city water? City water. I'm sorry. Which so one are you on? City water. City, city water. water. Well, yep. Dave Grayland said, "Water backup. Water backup. Yep, that's what we would suggest too. The water backup type. Now I know I did cut an article out that you guys had in the paper in uh, August, and you said that you could purchase a primary pumps with integrated battery if the power fails. Yeah. There are triple systems out there. That would be a secondary pump with an integrated battery. And some of them, like Ken just referred to, are triple backup. So you'd have a sump pump, conventional sump pump. Farther up, you'd have another sump pump operated by a battery that's constantly being recharged. Farther up from that, you'd have a, a, a third pump that works with a vacuum with the water supply system from the city water system. You could do any of those combinations. Uh, Dave Grayland from Waterwork Plumbing suggested... He thought the best one, if you're on city water, is to have the water backup. And we agree with that. Backup, we agree with that. Yeah. A little more complicated initially to install, but that's why you hire a professional plumber. Okay. The, uh, I did call the plumbing company and talk to uh, them over there at Horton Plumbing in Plymouth, and they had mentioned uh, the water backup, and they said that you have to have a, a discharge that goes outside. A water, but, yeah. a sort of discharge. She said something about discharge, outside discharge. Is that normal? I wonder if that's a secondary discharge. I was going to say, there, there's no, no, the, the only thing you're doing is, is pushing water. Through the same pipe. Through the same pipe. Yeah. The same pipe um, yeah. If, yeah, if you already have a discharge for your sump pump, then you'd be using that. Yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't know what she meant when she said that, but. Yeah, over in your area, we uh, Z Plumbers isn't far from you, and you can find them on our website as well. Great company. Who's that? Z Plumbers, and they're on the InsideOutsideGuys.com under on our plumbing category. Yeah, we'll throw the number out after the break if you want to stay on. There you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Thank we, we, number. I appreciate it. We will do that. We'll put it out there. We appreciate your call, Larry, very much. Thank you. We get All back right, to break. You. We're going to thank you. We're going to talk to Rob from Southgate. Hey, if you got a house that isn't looking as good as it should. be, 
look at as good as it looked to you 35 years ago when you bought it. How about considering a total upgrade? New shingles, new fascia, new gutters, new, new siding, new shutters, new front door. Yes, new windows. But you only want to call one company. And you hear this company all over WJR. They do great work. We're proud that they're one of our sponsors. And that sponsor is Preformance Remodeling. You have housing questions? The Inside Outside guys on WJR have the answers. Here are Ken and Chuck. Welcome back, everybody. We do appreciate you being with us. Uh, we're going to be done at 1030 this morning. We'll be back here at 10 a.m. tomorrow, though. You were going to talk about something we got back in. I have our memory, so... I think our article in the paper that yesterday. That was it. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we touch on so many different subjects when we're when we're taking phone calls. You know, and people often ask, "Well, you know, tell us more about this." So we try to use the article in the paper on Friday in the home style section of the Detroit News to expand at least a little bit on stuff. And yes. on Friday it was universal design. We just tried to give you a sense of what it is. Uh, the purpose of it, and then some examples that are classic examples of, you know, conformance with universal design standards. And it, it, uh, we've had some good compliments on it already. Um, we, we'd strongly encourage you to read it. Now, will that be up on our Facebook today or it no? It should be, yeah. Okay. It should be. So did you, has, you, has universal design taken the place of aging in place? No. No. It's try, to me, it seems like it's trying to. No. Aging in place is a concept sure. of people staying in their homes rather than going you know, to a nursing home or an assisted living facility. Uh, universal design literally is both um, practical and uh, hypothetical concept for implementing ways to age in place. Okay, okay. So, you know, one of the examples we use in uh, the article, and we tried to use about seven or eight of them, but one of them that's real common is the, the, the leather, leather, lever-type door handle. Mm -hmm. You know, historically, every door handle in a house was a knob. But if you think about it, that knob is a certain diameter, and a 5-year-old can't get their hand on it, and an 80-year-old might not be able to grasp it and turn it. Right. And someone with a uh, rheumatoid arthritis or Parkinson's disease may not have the strength. Okay. A lever handle is intuitive. Everybody looks at it and goes, that either goes up or down, and I can use my foot if I have to. And there's a, a large tolerance for error with a, with a lever because if I screw up, I don't pay a price for it. If it was supposed to go up and I pushed it down, there's no negative That impact. makes sense. Okay, so here's a question. If you okay. have a home that is universal design, is there less chance you will need help with aging in place? Yes, there's less okay. chance. Yeah. yeah, so the whole concept of being able to age in place is to implement universal design standards. And a lot of that for people who are yeah. listening is so when you walk in a house, you can't tell that there's a handicapped person in there. Right? Yeah, that's a. I, I love that. I mean, even the idea you drive by the house, it's not stigmatized. You know, we mentioned, you know, the ramp in the front yard that occupies the entire front yard, yeah. you know, to get you up. Drive by. You know someone. Yeah. In that house. You know that there's someone, you know, that, that has an issue in that home. And if you integrate a landscape concrete ramp into the landscaping or in the garage, you have uh, an electric lift. So there is no required ramp. Then no one sees that and no one thinks, you know, that there's a variously abled person occupying that home. And, and let's be honest, in this society, not unlike the animal kingdom, people prey on those that they think are weak, right? 
And houses with a ramp in front are more likely to be broken into. Right. And, you know, bad things happen because you, you think whoever occupies that home can't defend themselves. And just so people know, our, our, our good team partner, Barrier Free Plus, yeah. is an expert when it comes to any of this stuff. They really are. Huh? Dave Malkowitz, yeah. Yeah, you think you need some help in this area. You want to go to the InsideOutsideGuys.com and get a hold of Barrier Free Plus, okay? I like that. All right. Uh, let's go to the phones and talk to Rob from Southgate. Good morning, Rob. You're on with the guys. Good morning. Uh, I've got a question regarding the door jam. It's the front entry, double door. Um, the size they have now is five and a quarter. There's, there's one on uh, sale now I can give. It's a four and nine sixteen inch door jam. Is that going to be trouble trying to fit that in there? You're trying to put a um, something just under five inches in place of what is now five and a quarter. Need some trim on the jam. Yeah. You know, we used to run into that when we started building thicker walls, and we would make you know with a good table saw jam extensions. Well, you call them jam extensions, but it's just trim, isn't it? Well, it'd be a small piece of material that you'd actually fasten to the existing jam, maybe put a short reveal on it so so it looks stair-stepped back and like it actually enhances the opening, and then put your casing over the top of that. But a jam extension custom made for that, um, again, if you have a table saw, you can do it. Less than an inch. Yeah, I mean, literally, in, in your case, it'd be, uh, yeah, Five sixteenths of an inch or something, you know, out of a clear pine wood or something along the lines of that. Okay. You know, when you try to order these online, they come at five and a quarter or four and nine sixteenth inch standard is the jam, I guess now. But I didn't know exactly. if it was be too big of a problem to find no. somebody to, you know, do that, you know. So, no, I can't do that, you know, as far as labor. I'll tell you what. That's where dealing with really good... You know, if you're with Clarkston Window and Doors, they're going to make whatever you have. If you go to a really good old lumber yard, the Mans Lumbers, the Michigan Lumbers, there you know, you the Grosbeck Lumbers, John's, yep. they can John's, yeah, they can make that stuff for you right there. You know, they have the tools and the expertise and the people. Um, so know that there are resources for that if you can't do it yourself. Gotcha. Okay. All okay, Rob. Hope to help, buddy. You're welcome. All right, let's let's talk to Deborah in Plymouth. Good morning, Deborah. Hi, hi. Good morning. I talked last week about the cement ladder oh, on the yeah. side of my garage. Yes, and, we saw your pictures. Um, yes. And thank you for your responses. Um, so I wrote the letter. I you know called. I communicated in every possible way that I could, and um, I have haven't heard anything back. So. Um, and that was, uh, I sent everything out on Monday. So I did like email, text, phone message, letter in the mail, because <laughs> I found two addresses. They're both unregistered, but I sent the letter anyway. But at the, when one of them bounced back, came back in the mail already um, yesterday, that it wasn't like returned to sender or whatever. So I guess my question to you guys is at this point, do I just hire somebody to, um, to, to redo the siding on the garage. Well, did you give them a drop-dead date that they need to respond by? Um, well, I said by, like, right before Thanksgiving. I think you can start looking for people to do the job, possibly get on a schedule, but I would wait until the, I'd wait till after Thanksgiving. After uh, the drop-dead date. After the drop-dead date. 
And at that point, I would I would do it. If you sent those letters to addresses that are registered to them, then you've done all you can do, in my opinion. I would vigorously pursue a complaint against their license if they have one Absolutely. just because. Yep. Uh, it doesn't yeah, take much on your part. Bureau and they weren't they weren't listed like as a company there. Um, so I no, don't know and they're not going to – their license is not through the Better Business Bureau. It's through what we gave you last week, uh, yeah. the state of Michigan. And let me say something about the Better Business Bureau, okay? The Better Business Bureau, just for people who may not know, is not a government entity. They're a private organization. And um, I would much rather see you go through the state and because they're going to respond to the state. At least they should respond to the state. The state can, the state can give them real-time penalties – State can put them out of business. Yeah, unlike, you know, I mean, the better bureaus, better bureaus can recommend, and that's pretty much it. And this it. is the licensing and regulatory affairs or yep. a different group? Yep, yep. exactly. That's it. Okay. Yep. yep. Okay. Laura. Yeah, I make, make sure, I'll touch base with them. No, make sure you detail everything out because the better you detail the timeline especially, the better you're – because I've, I've sat in these meetings. I've read your complaints. So the better you detail them out, the more photos you can give – and if it's going to be so obvious that he's totally ignoring you, it really sh- it's it it's not going to be hard. Now, here's what we don't want: we don't want anyone to think that she's trying to get vengeance. Okay, one of the reasons she's doing this is because we can put it on record as well um, that this guy yeah. does this, and hopefully he won't do it to anybody else. So we really appreciate. Yeah, and I don't want diligence. vengeance. I just want my garage fixed. God bless you. The other side of my garage, they banged up with. Um, whatever equipment they had, so it's all bent and dented and, and everything. And this is a brand-new garage, brand-new. Wow, that's I, terrible. Yes, I, I, I believe you'll win in court. I mean, definitely. yeah, picture you're going to win in court, but I would definitely make sure, do your best to make sure they don't do it to anybody else. You have done and nothing wrong. And then what wrong? about that splatter? What about that splatter that I sent the picture of? So he's like, oh, that'll go away as soon as the sun starts to hit the, hit the cement, but it's it looks like polka dot. Well, to, like, to, to me, like what I saw, that splatter is nothing compared to what they did to the siding afterwards. I mean, they discolored the siding oh, by trying yeah. to clean true, it off. True. So the splatter now true, isn't true. even a uh, isn't even an issue. Um, if they no, were able I to get the splatter, the splatter on the ground, the ground that like the, the finished product um, is like all that splatter by the gas meter. It looks like polka dot, like on the finished dried concrete. And he's like, oh, that'll go away as soon as the sun starts hitting no. it and it'll dry just fine. And, that, and now it looks like polka dots and it's been uh, almost a year. No, I, you need someone, a professional, to get that off. I mean, I would know how to get it off without make, doing what they did to your siding is unbelievable. I mean, they took a, I mean, they, they took a little yeah. mess and made a giant mess. So uh, yeah, gosh, basically when it comes to that splatter... You need to soak it, soak it, soak it, just like you would a, plant, a pan. And then anything, even a, a, a flathead screwdriver, go to the individual splatter pieces and scrape them off gently. Carefully. Carefully. Yeah, try to almost and pop them off. Unfortunately, you may have a discoloration on each one of those splatter marks from this point forward. I think that's the only way you can do it. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's going to give me an update. Thank you. Stay in touch. And Good what luck. if I can't we... find the color of the siding? Just get something as close as well, I can because it's funny. Who did? The... If you just had it done, it's still yeah. Here. If you just had it done, contact okay. the company that okay. did it and ask what kind of siding it was. And, yeah. and honestly, if oh, you yeah, take yeah, a piece yeah. of that I have siding... all that. I, I called them. Oh. I got the name, the brand, the color, and everything. Um, I just haven't called the supply house 
because I figured whoever was going to do the work would, would call them my house. But I guess I'll call them my house. Go to the InsideOutsideGuys.com and look at a couple of our ciders. A lot of roofers do the same thing. They can help you out, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you, Deborah, so much. Okay, real quick, let's talk to Brian in Hamburg Township. Hi, Brian. How's it going, bud? Oh, it's going great. How are you folks? Good, good. How can we help you? I have a question about when the air conditioner season is done with, which I think it probably is. On our furnace, which is four years old, there is a PVC pipe that extends upward about 10 inches, and... One of the techs that came out for the service said for some CLR down that pipe at the end of the season. I went, I bought a bottle, went on their website, they said nothing about that. So I'm kind of confused. What do we do? I'm not sure what pipe you're talking about. This is, you're saying it comes out of the top of your furnace 10 inches and just dead ends and it's wide open? It's there and it drains down. One section goes back to the furnace, the other PVC pipe goes to the drain. Uh, the floor drain. So I'm oh, is going to yes. Yeah, so the little riser is an air intake, and that's the condensate drain. And they're just suggesting, what happens is, because it's such a slow drain, you can get um, build, up. build up in there, and you can also get uh, stuff growing in it, if because it, it's not a high volume. Uh, you know, I mean, literally, you could have algaes growing in it. Yeah, so dumping a little CLR through it, it'll just go down the drain, won't hurt anything, it'll clean the pipe out. You might, yeah, yeah. might need to, you know, stick a, a little brush up there if possible, clean it up, or do it a couple times, but that should take Extremely care of it. Extremely long pipe cleaner. And, and Brian, we apologize, we're up against uh, the clock. You got uh, Michigan State pregame coming up, okay? Thanks, everyone, for calling today. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Eric. We appreciate it. And we want to remind everybody, for everybody who's got a wet basement out there, we've got a solution that will keep it ever dry. And, of course, the company is ever dry. And we'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. In the meantime, from the roof to the basement, the street to the back fence, if you need it, the Inside Outside Guys are here for you today and every day. Thank you, David. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.